Welcome to the Love Nurture Flourish podcast. I'm your host, Vicky. I am a life coach and chair yoga teacher, and my mission is to help others find inner clarity and self-confidence to live life in their own lane. In this podcast, I will be sharing with you stories and topics around values, compassion, health, relationship with the self and the relationship with the external world, creativity, self-expression, what fun means to you, and so much more. We will talk about any topic that can help you look inward, nurture your relationship with yourself, and cultivate an inner confidence to do life your way and live life in your own lane. So grab a drink and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, my name is Vicky and welcome to the first episode of the Love Nurture Flourish podcast. I am really excited to be bringing this podcast to you. It's something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. I'm sure that so many podcasters say this once they get a podcast up and going, they will say that they've wanted to do something like this for ages and I am also included in that. A little bit about me before we get into the first episode. So I am a life coach. I recently, actually six months ago, completed a life coaching course with the Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy, which is an amazing, amazing course to do. If you're thinking about becoming a life coach, I highly recommend the Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy. I have also completed chair yoga studies and a 200 hour yoga teacher training course. I, my main interest in yoga is around the chair yoga, um, but I did the 200 hour yoga course because I wanted all that background and information and that foundation to really help me as I work through chair yoga in my life and if, I, if and when I bring it to other people. So I've also done that and I am currently studying still because I've always wanted wanted to do a health coaching course, which I am doing through Well College, which I am super excited about because it's another course I wanted to do for years and I'm finally just doing these courses because they make me feel really good and happy and I am a big believer in expanding and growing your knowledge and applying it to your life. And a little bit more about me, I also have a genetic condition called Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease and that affects my peripheral nerves. So that affects how the nerves in my feet work and how the nerves in my hands work and it is a progressive disease. So as time goes on, I am gradually losing my ability in those areas. So a lot of what I work with and talk about and implement into my life also has an element of really um, taking into consideration limitations and also a lot of inclusivity as well. So that is something that will pop up in these podcast episodes as well. So to begin with, this first episode is actually kind of a big topic and something I haven't really spoken about before, and that is my personal journey or love-hate relationships, struggle even with exercising, 
So I will go into, actually the episode is all about just unpacking my beliefs and what is holding me back and how do I really feel about exercising? Why do I keep struggling? All of that where it's just a big unpacking episode and I'm hoping that it will resonate with you as well because not all of us are really great at coming up with a routine and really sticking to it and that's totally fine. We're not all built the same and we don't all work the same. And it also touches, the episode also touches on food as well and goes into body image and unhelpful mindset um, perspectives as well. So just letting you know that up front and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, today I want to talk to you about a topic that I've never really talked about or written about before and that is my personal relationship with exercise and even food and diet too. As I feel for me, these two things often come hand in hand. I also feel quite vulnerable talking about this topic, which I'm not entirely sure why and can't pinpoint why right now, but hopefully will come to light as we unpack this topic today. I've never really had a great relationship with exercise or fitness and over the years I've tried and began exercise routines, often starting with enthusiasm and then crashing with fatigue or simply just stopping. Um, My body initially responds well in regards to changes in my muscles, particularly my legs, but no matter what the exercise or the strategy is or what the strategy is going into it, I can't keep it up. So I've never really gotten beyond say three or four weeks of routinized deliberate exercise except for two occasions which I will go into that in a little bit. So obviously I encounter roadblocks when I when it comes to exercise like big roadblocks but I wasn't entirely sure what those roadblocks were. So in my mind so the mind comes up with reasons and in my mind these are some reasons. Um, I'm not good at sticking to things. I give up easily. I don't like doing hard things. This reasoning has for a long time been a popular one in many areas of my life, particularly when it comes to maintaining any kind of routine or timeline. Um, I have to have a routine and schedule planned out before I believe I can commit to exercise regularly and finding I can't figure out the perfect foolproof schedule. So I'm basically stuck in the starting. And this is kind of funny because I also believe I don't like schedules or routine, but for some reason, for me, I think exercise can only be done in a routinized structure. So I'm kind of setting myself up to fail in some way. And the other thing, um, I'm not sure how to balance out how much exercise to do in relation to my disability. With CMT, which is the condition I have, there is a fine line between exertion and overexertion. It is real and I do need to take it into consideration, but I seem to want to try and factor it into the scheduling, this scheduling that I'm resisting, where perhaps I should just simply start and then adjust as needed but I don't and back to two times where I did do some exercise what I consider long-term exercise (laughs) Um, there was two distinct instances where I was exercising routinely and for what I feel was you know 
long enough to form a habit. Apparently it was long enough to form a habit. And the first was when I did hydrotherapy. In 2017, I went to hydrotherapy twice a week for six months. There was absolutely no doubt that my physical body was changing. It was becoming stronger. My legs and my core, my balance was better. But after a little bit, I resented going. It was making me so unhappy. I felt bored, uninspired, flat, stuck in a rut. I didn't feel alive or fulfilled or accomplished, just not happy. And when my six months came to an end, I was so pleased. I was so happy not to have to go anymore. And so then my regular stop-start relationship with exercise began again. Then in 2019, for about four or five months, I had a lovely lady come to my home three times a week to motivate me to do my physiotherapy and strengthening exercises. This lady was super lovely and we learned a lot from each other. She was much younger than me. She was only 23 or 24. She inspired me with her adventurous hiking stories and she said I inspired her to give some things she was thinking about a try. But when it came to the exercise, I encountered the same thing. My body this time was was the strongest it had been since I could remember. But I started to resent having to do the exercise and it was spilling out into other areas of my life. I was just unhappy all the time. So now this, all of this has given me information. On one hand, I can barely create a routine, but when I do create a routine and stick to it, I feel like crap. I was confused as ever and my conclusion was that I simply hate exercise. That was my conclusion in the end. And so how was I going to get fit? How was I going to stay fit if I hated exercise? Like this is forever. You need to exercise forever. And this is what I was thinking to myself. So of course I did what people do. I went to Google and I typed in how to exercise when you hate exercise or something like that. And here are a couple of things that came up in the results. One, once exercise becomes a habit, you will begin to miss the days you don't exercise. Two, you will feel better and happier in other areas of your life. Just push through. And then I gave you all these benefits of how it makes you feel better. Three, keep trying different things until you find what you enjoy. Now, if I'm being honest, I didn't like these answers. The first two simply were not true from my experience. And the third, well, I seem to like exercise the first couple of times and then I don't like it. So I believe that everything I'm going to try, I will end up hating. And what happens when you run out of things to try? <laughs> and it just seemed too uh, brain intensive trying to think of what to try. So in the end, I think I just put the whole idea of exercise on the back burner and just did whatever I normally do, which is not exercise. Until mid last year, when my nan's Alzheimer's worsened and my mum, being her carer, was really stressed, really anxious. Um, and we decided that me and her, as in me and my mum, ought to start going out in the fresh air for our health and well-being. This is like when we were coming out of lockdowns here in Australia and New South Wales and you were allowed to go out into the open and we thought maybe we should start doing that um, for our health and our well-being. So we decided each Friday we were going to go out, it'll be our outing day and we'll commit to it each week except in school holidays. And I decided that I wanted to incorporate a short stroll whenever we had these outings. 
just so that I could get some some sort of movement in. And that's when things really began to change for me. I noticed almost immediately how much I enjoyed the spaciousness and peacefulness of getting out into the environment. I learned pretty quickly that I love to visit the ocean, that I love headlands and cliffs and rocks. And I also noticed that these strolls felt more and more tiring for me each week. And this alarmed me. I thought the more you did something, especially starting off slowly, it would get easier and easier, not more and more draining. But somehow I persevered. And then one day I said to my mom, after a longer walk than usual, that, geez, it felt so different and new to me to feel completely relaxed and fulfilled and filled up after exerting myself. And it was incredible and profound to have that experience. Had I accidentally found a form of movement I enjoyed? Of course, like I enjoy yoga for movement, but to me, this isn't the same kind of thing. And my mum responded to me with this. It wasn't so long ago you were feeling more and more tired and you haven't said that for weeks now. I hadn't realized. I was like, for a minute, I was a bit stunned. I was like, that's right. And this was also at a point where we were going on more than one outing during the week for a little walk. I was, I just hadn't seen that I'd pushed through and I'm on this like other side of something. And I was noticing too that I was having goals around my walks. Things like, oh, I really want to do some of the Kayama Coast Walk or I want to do a rainforest walk, like one with the boardwalks and goals like that or go from this beach to that beach. And um, yeah, just these, these different goals. And interestingly, these aspirations for beautiful experiences in the world helped me reframe my attitude about the boring mundane exercise, especially when I know at some point I'll resent that boring mundane exercise. And the reframe is this, the boring, not so fun exercise, such as using my recumbent bike for cardio is a supporting activity. It supports me and helps condition my body to be able to go on the thing, to go and do the things I really want to be able to do. Move with ease, explore nature, feel energized whilst doing those activities. It's a shift from my previously held thought of, I need to ride the bike or whatever, whatever it is, to get fit so I can do more exercise on the bike. The goal isn't to ride the bike more and feel fit and be fitter. The goal is more than that, it's to experience the things that make me feel fulfilled. Now, for some people, that bigger goal, and it often has, like I see this um, in the past when I've watched different things or read different things, their bigger goal is for their family or for their children. And I often thought, I must be bad. I must be a bad mom because, and that there was something wrong with me because that never motivated me enough to, to like, exercise and be fit it was like it was it wasn't a motivator um but we are all different and what truly motivates us is unique to the individual what works for one doesn't work for everyone and because I never really went out in nature very often I didn't know that was going to be my thing the thing to get me going and interestingly this motivator actually helps me become a better mom less resentful, more present, and even able to get through those mundane household tasks that are just so dull. What I have come to realize is that this mindset shift about seeing riding the bike as a supportive activity 
like to allow me to do the things that I enjoy is in fact the same way I've been looking at routine and household chores in general lately. I notice often that I remind myself that, yes, Vicky, I know this is boring and that there is always so much to keep on top of, but getting it done is supportive. Doesn't doesn't all have to be fun stuff. (laughs) And this might be obvious to other people, but for me, it certainly helps me through the never-endingness of family life. I do have like some other things to share around priorities and getting things done versus whether it's beneficial in a that in a particular situation, but I will talk about that at a different time. Okay, so up until this point, all of my beliefs and old stories I had around exercise were things that I had experienced firsthand. The boom and crash of starting exercise, the frustration and fixation on routine, the balancing of my energy, all that are things I was personally experiencing. Um, But it is interesting, isn't it, that once you work through some roadblocks and beliefs, more roadblocks reveal themselves. And this is what I am currently going through now. On one hand, everything is going great. Why am I looking for problems? That's what I asked myself. Why am I looking for problems? But for me, I am going through a leveling, I guess they call it a leveling up of some sorts. I'm in a new area I've never been. I've been riding my bike, enjoying the outdoors, and I'm noticing that I'm at a point where maybe I can increase my exercise a little bit. Um, Not increasing the exercise bike. I'm doing the, you know, and the amount I'm happy to do. But I have recently bought a Pilates reformer and I want to work on my strength and resistance training with that. But I'm in a place I've never really been, a position to increase my exercise to more things. And I'm nervous and I'm realizing that a lot of my fear is around my perceived idea of like society and fitness and you know, from those I've seen around me too, like family. I have, I'm looking to this external world to inform me of what I can expect as I move into this next phase. And as I brainstormed this, I realized that in general, my belief system around this next level is deep-seated in negativity and fear. Now, as I unpack this, I'm not, I'm not in any way feeling negative towards the people that are in the fitness industry or those who prioritize fitness. This is all about my perception of me not wanting to feel the way I think I'll feel if I were to commit and focus on more exercise. So here is what I unpacked in regards to my fears around moving forward. Firstly, I will become obsessed about exercise. For me personally, I find I mildly obsess about one thing at a time and I cycle through the things that I'm, I'm obsessed about and I find it difficult to prioritize more than one thing at a time. So obsess about more than one thing at a time so for me I fear having to obsess about exercise in order to maintain the level of commitment I need for long-term health and what would that take away from me in terms of when I want to focus on other things in other areas of my life which leads me into the belief that I will be unhappy or obsessed and unhappy or have maybe a disordered relationship with it 
because that's what I'm seeing around me. The people in my life seemed unhappy when they prioritize exercise. Their motivations around doing it, the self-competitiveness, the strictness, the rigidity around it just to me equals unhappy. (laughs) And I will fear I'll focus on the results, the aesthetics, the progress, you know, the progress proven in like your physical changes are the markers of progress. And if you think back to earlier in the podcast, I mentioned I became unhappy with rigidity and routine and structure. So in my unconscious mind, like some of these fears have played out a little bit in the past. Um, And I know for me, I novelty is something I require to feel fulfilled. I like a loose framework of what to expect, but within that framework, I love surprise and spontaneity to do something I didn't think I was going to do or be somewhere I didn't think I was going to be. And when I think about those around me and especially like also on social media, I get this impression that fitness and consistency must have that rigidity and an all or nothing commitment in order to be successful. And with social media, like this is all like so many things like getting into social media, here are some impressions I get and At first, I didn't even know until I thought about it that I had these impressions. So, um, and this is just my lens, like this is just through my lens. It's not necessarily reality. So these are my subconscious things that have come out about it. Those who prioritize exercise are appearance driven. We've all seen the Fitspo images on Instagram. And I'm like, what if I become focused on that rather than on the health benefits? What if when I start seeing physical changes in my body, I start to focus on that? What would that mean? Would that mean I'm not accepting of my current self? Does that mean I'm appearance focused? Does that mean that I didn't think I was good enough the way I was before? Does that mean that you're not really um, fit and healthy if you're not doing these things? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And the thing is, a part of me is too scared to find out because I know that I don't want to feel that way and and so for me not venturing into that territory at all like just staying clear means I don't have to face it or worry about it and it's almost and it's I don't like that I don't like that is what I've come to conclude about myself like just avoidance um and it almost seems like a virtuous thing to to be someone who doesn't focus on exercise Um, And it applies to food too. Like I seem to subconsciously feel that focusing on food and healthy eating can turn, you know, they can easily turn disordered and I don't want to go there. And thus, because I am someone who has never really focused on food and diet and exercise before that, that somehow means I have not been affected by body image and the insidious messaging that society gives us. It means I am actually affected by it, but my my response is block it out and avoid. Because um, that's what it is. I'm simply avoiding what I feel will be a tough road. I deep down fear being swept up in this whole messed up story society has attached to what is really, when it comes down to it, fueling our body and moving our bodies because they're meant to be fueled and they're meant to move <laughs> to work well. And so in my mind, society in general is telling me a narrative of how it's going to look for me if I were to exercise more 
and eat healthy. And I'm scared of that scenario. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I don't know how I'm going to fare if I venture down that road. Um, And I'll tell you another little story too. (laughs) Last year, I began buying pre-prepared vegan meals that I was having so I didn't have to think about food because I hate thinking about food I really do and I put on I actually put on a lot of weight very quickly in a small amount of time and then I started to weigh myself a lot which I rarely did before and I had to buy new clothes and I knew the issue was simple my meals were calorie dense and I wasn't you know expending them so I decided to just change my meals, swap them over to something less calorie dense. And again, I swapped to pre-made meals and I didn't have to focus on food. And it was all there ready, but I started to think about food and I thought about, am I losing weight? Is it coming off? I'd weigh myself a lot. I felt hungry because I was eating less. I felt deflated and not very good. I poked at my double chin, which was there all along anyway. Like I have one all the time. But suddenly it was bothering me and there is, and you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight, you know, Um, it's when our brains and our identity and focus get mangled up in it and put stories and conditions and, you know, all sorts of emotions into the scenario. And so in the end of that, like that little story, I just went back to eating food we used to buy as a family and cook as normal and My scales ended up dying, um, so I couldn't weigh myself anyway. And today, like six months on, I'm not really sure what I weigh, but um, that's all right. I'm not bothered now. Like it was bothering me then, but I'm not really thinking about it. And if it comes off slowly, then whatever. Like that's, I would like to fit my clothes again, but (laughs) if I don't for a while, it it doesn't matter. Nothing actually has changed in terms of you know being the way I was when I'd put it on versus before is not really it it doesn't really change who I am or anything but I can see how you can start focusing on on those things that you don't really want to focus on and didn't think you would focus on um so it I think it can be so easy to sort of have a distorted view of food and exercise and especially from what the external world gives back and what I've shared of my own journey and story and from that um, I basically know that I've come from a place of not really getting anywhere with my exercise and not placing much emphasis on food to then fearing that the pendulum will swing the other way and there'll be this big possibility of me becoming consumed by the whole thing um, And again, that's because that's what I feel is mirrored back to me. And, you know, I do know that if I look hard enough, I will find examples that will prove that it doesn't have to be that way. But I'll get there. (laughs) So now, perhaps, though, I should talk, have talked about definitions um, a little bit around what I mean by disordered eating. So for me, when I refer to it, I'm referring to unhelpful and unsupportive perspectives and feelings around food and movement, um, an unhealthy and unhelpful relationship with food. And I have a link to an article, which I'll put in some notes. Um, But psychology today describes that disordered eating, um, well, it may include behavior associated with eating disorders, but it also can include the following 
self-worth based on highly or even exclusively on body shape and weight, a disturbance in the way one experiences their body. So example, a person who falls in a healthy weight range but continues to feel they are overweight, excessive or rigid exercise routine, obsessive calorie counting, anxiety about certain foods or food groups, and a rigid approach to eating such as only eating certain foods in flexible meal times and refusal to eat in restaurants or outside of one's home. And I just thought I'd pop that in there because um, it's disordered eating is referred to, like it can encompass, it's just your view is not, I guess, it's, it's a little bit mushed up with feelings and value and worth. Anyway, I just thought I'd pop that in there. But um, let's quickly recap because I have unpacked a lot of different little issues going on here that all combine into one big issue. So recapping, firstly, I feel I have resolved for now my resistance around the keeping inspired and motivated around the actual exercising itself. I found the bigger goal around how exercise does benefit me and the amazing things I am then experiencing because of it. But now I fear what will happen long term as I move along this path. It is a new path that I haven't been on or I've been on briefly and I can only look to the outside. Well, I think I can only look to the outside, to the external to see what I can expect. And I don't like what I see. And so I know um, I will face some internal roadblocks within myself. So what do I do? Well, I feel that awareness is key to notice these issues and concerns, but also to notice my behavior and thoughts as I move down this road. Perhaps a monthly reflection on how I am feeling mindset wise. Am I feeling triggered? Am I losing sight of why I'm doing what I'm doing? Is my goal of focus or intention becoming blurred? Am I getting bored or stuck in a rut? Am I beating myself up for missing some exercise opportunities? Maybe journaling to rewrite my beliefs around how being intentional about food and movement doesn't mean it's disordered or rigid or highly structured. It can look how I want it to look. Instagram. Okay, so for me, it isn't helpful for me to follow those who post a lot of progress shots. I understand that they're proud of their progress and that's cool. Yeah, but for me, I don't want to give myself the chance to start comparing because that doesn't, it doesn't feel good to compare. Now, I do follow some people who are into fitness and professionals whose message and their style um, with their posting and things is in, a, in alignment with me. Um, I think for me, finding who inspires us rather than who triggers us is important. And as I'm speaking, I just want to add that for me personally, finding influencers or people who have similar interests and messages to me outside of exercise and fitness, um, things that resonate with me, um, that will be inspiring. So for me, I want to start following people's outdoor adventures to remind me why I want to have more energy, which in turn motivates me to stay committed to my own health. Some people who are actually really um, inspired by fitness may not have these triggers and these these feelings I get when I look because their why is different to my why. But Instagram is a big topic to unpack and that's something I would love to speak more to that um, at some stage because there's a lot of things I'd love to say about it. 
Um, another thing to remind myself is that I am responsible for caring for my body and I deserve to feel healthy and energized and for my body and mind to work the best it can. And by that, I don't mean overdoing it or being focused on results. I mean, I'm responsible to look after my body so it can easily be in a state of well-being and homeostasis. That's something I'd like to remind myself of when I start to wonder, am I placing self-worth on my appearance? You know, I don't need to be fixed. I'm fine how I am. But this sort of thought mindset shift will help me um, remember that, you know, it is kind to myself to look after myself. Um, but as I move down this new path, like I'll have to actually put into practice everything I'm thinking and saying here um, and everything I'm reflecting on. So oh, I know this episode goes over a lot and it demonstrates that there are a lot of factors that go into a subconscious belief system. At the moment, I'm furthering my studies and about to move into some subjects around non, non-diet approach to wellness and some psychology around food and choices and habits and beliefs which I believe will help with the exercise and body and the movement side of things too. I decided to learn more about this because I can see how things, stories and narratives around food and movement has impacted so many people. These narratives around food and movement, it affects people's self-esteem, it affects their self-worth, it gives rise to comparisonitis and competition and and it affects confidence um, in women, in men, in children, like it's prevalent everywhere um, in certain industries such as entertainment and modeling but it's not just that now it's you know in online business and corporate industries and in everyday life and there is something in me that believes it doesn't have to be this way like part of me despite how fearful I am in falling into society's norms and adopting the narrative it believes it can be different because people aren't happy despite the fitness industry and the wellness industry booming people aren't happy depression and suicide and anxiety and it's just so common and as a mom to two young girls and you know if not not only because they got like if I'm a mom mom's out there to anybody like I'm so mindful of the messaging in the media and social media and especially my influence and the messaging I'm giving my kids This episode hasn't really given any tips or suggestions or self-inquiry prompts for you as a listener. And I question whether what I have shared is beneficial or helpful. But I do hope that something I have shared has resonated or given you an aha moment in your own life or brought or shone some light on something that you may not have had awareness around. I even have this voice inside me questioning, like, who am I to share this story and the same voices saying, well, you don't look like you've got a problem, so you mustn't have a problem. Other people struggle with this more than you. But I think that we are all affected by this on some level and not just in fitness and diet, but, you know, in other areas in our careers and, you know, this hustle mentality or when you meet somebody, they go, what do you do? Like, you know, like your job defines you, your career, your education defines you. It's just everywhere about everything. Okay, so (laughs) I will leave it there. If you have a story to share or a suggestion or want to continue the conversation, 
pop on over to Love, Nurture, Flourish Facebook community where this podcast will be posted as well. And don't forget to ensure you follow Love, Nurture, Flourish on Instagram, even though I just totally paid it out, and sign up to the mailing list on lovenurtureflourish.com. Thank you for listening and talk to you next time. Bye. That's only half an hour. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to take a screenshot and share on your Instagram stories and be sure to tag me in. My handle is Love Nurture Flourish and be sure to join our Facebook community, the Love Nurture Flourish Facebook community and join the mailing list over at lovenurtureflourish.com and I will be back next time with another episode. Bye for now.